the best ways to raise your metabolism are simply to eat more and to build muscle. If you do both of those things at the same time, you'll get body recomposition, which will help you to lose fat while you're eating more. Are you ready to learn what it truly takes to achieve your dream body? And none of that complex stuff. I'm talking simplified science. Well, stay tuned to the very end of this episode because by the end, you're going to learn exactly what it takes. And if you have not yet, go ahead and check out our new website, trainhardlivestrong.com to see all the new amazing things that are coming your way as well as all the new upcoming guest speakers who are going to be on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another life-changing episode. I'm your host, Coach Matt, and welcome to the Train Hard, Live Strong podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. This is your host, Coach Matt, and today I have I have an amazing guest speaker on the show. She has been uh, a good, great friend of mine for a long time. She's an amazing coach, and she has an outstanding story behind what, like, who she was before she started the, the, her fitness journey and, and just who she is now. She's gone through a lot of stuff, um, and and it's it's truly like an honor to have her on the show. And I hope every single one of you grab like an extreme amount of value because this girl is truly outstanding. But without further ado, everyone, welcome Miss Megan. What's up, Megan? Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I I there has been so I I announced this right, and because you and I we used to kill like Facebook lives all the time. So yeah. People were always like, dude, you and Megan are going to do a podcast episode? And I'm like, yes, like finally. So everyone who is, is here new listening or who doesn't know Megan, we've done, uh, we've, I think we've been friends for like two, two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been, it's been a while. Like yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I reached out to her because of, she put up a post on Facebook about her, her story and it like seriously caught like my attention and I was like wow this this girl is like she's amazing and and what she's gone through and what she who she is now is like it's crazy and it, everyone all listeners are going to be able to to know what I'm talking about whenever she goes through uh, you know her backstory but for everyone who doesn't know you Megan real quick you can go ahead and uh, and just kind of introduce yourself you know to everyone where you came from and you know why you do for what sure. you do yeah well uh, my name is Megan Robitaille um, I am an online health and fitness coach but I like to think that what I do is not as conventional a speaking, I guess, as you would say. Um, I like to do a lot of talking on like mental reprogramming, um, especially in the way that we look at our bodies and all of that, all of that stuff. Um, right now, my business is really geared towards kind of like a um, kind of like a no BS approach to fitness, right? A very science based um, approach. Because for me, there's really like there's really um, there's a really big difference between complicated, uh, excuse me, between difficult and simple, right? Like everyone says, it's, it takes ded- dedication to reach your goals, and it's hard work, and it is, right? But that doesn't mean it has to be so overcomplicated. In fact, the scientific principles of like reaching your physique goals are actually quite simple. You know, ask any professional bodybuilder, professional bodybuilding coach, really the masters of physique change. There are some really simple guiding principles um, that doesn't make it easy, but it is simple. And I think that we, we tend to think that overcomplicating things is the way, right? We have an industry that's telling us it's all about these fad diets. It's all about these different approaches to where you've got 
all these women who are, you know, they're working out twice a day, six days a week. They, they're on an intermittent fasting and they're doing keto at the same time. And they're taking these supplements and it's like all this crazy combination of just shit, you know? Um, and I really identify with that. And I think like for me, I've always, I've always combated, um, kind of the irrational emotions of like anxiety, depression, or like feelings about your body. I've combated those with science. So a lot of people are like emotionally lashing out, um, in ways that are really just a struggle for control, right? They feel uncomfortable in the place that they're in. They feel uncomfortable with their bodies. And all of this is just this big struggle for control, but we're grasping at things that aren't the answer, right? Um, and so for me, I think if I, can, if I can educate people on how the science works to give them that information moving forward to where they're not dependent on an industry or a trainer again, that's really the most powerful thing, right? I want to give my clients results, but I also want to give them like a lifestyle certification to where they don't need to depend on that, you know, 17 year old in their gold's gym that really doesn't know what they're talking about because it's a crazy, crazy industry at this point. And like authority, um, and qualification is a really questionable thing all the time. Um, I just want to give people the power to feel like they're in control emotionally with science. Um, so I guess giving a little bit of my story, right? Like in college, I, um, I, I had a severe eating disorder. It was also just like excessive exercise, all of this struggle for control, this struggle to like, like, and love and feel comfortable in my body that I never found. Um, and it caused me a lot of health problems and it caused me a lot of pain and it, it caused, you know, the people close to me that loved me, like a lot of fear and a lot of pain as well. Um, and all of this to say that the way I set myself free from that was by educating myself scientifically. Right. I think there's a big problem with the way that sometimes I think <laughs> the weight loss industry has the same problem as like the eating disorder recovery, um, area in terms of the way that we look at things. So a lot of people are going to give you that kind of like wishy-washy mindset statement of like, oh, you know, you can eat carbs because you deserve them and you're beautiful anyway, right? But the reason that people are emotionally, like they have an emotional aversion to carbs is not because they, you know, need to be told that. They need to be told like scientifically speaking, like what is the purpose, right? Because um, if you tell someone, hey, you're beautiful anyway, like you're supporting the notion in their brain that like it could still cause weight gain. And what we need to be doing is giving people the scientific background to say, it's not about whether you're beautiful anyway. It's not about whether you deserve it. It's not about that. It's about, this is how it works. This is the science. So you put peace of mind and you put trust into that in a way that allows you to sort of get rid of those irrational emotions about food, about exercise, about your body, about life, like put control back in your hands emotionally um, really just by giving people the knowledge. Um, so for me, that's what it's always been, right? People say, how do you heal yourself from such an emotional, like disorder like that? And for me, it was research, right? Certification. Um, how can I convince myself that rest is important? Oh, well to know like the biological necessity of rest, right? Right. It's not about, you know, it's all, it's all that kind of stuff. So that's just a little bit of an explanation, but, um, yeah, I've come really far. My body's been to several different places. And so I like to think I have an understanding of like where people are, whether they are excessively restricting, binging, um, just like it's all a struggle for control, right? Mm -hmm. It really is. Absolutely. Um, That's one of the biggest reasons why like it's so cool to have you here because 
because just like you said, your body has been through so many different places. Like whenever you had the, your eating disorder, what, how much did you weigh? Um, so I'm five, six and my lowest is about 90 pounds. Um, but I was a pretty serious ballet dancer at the time. So I was like kind of jacked. It was weird. It was like a lot of people with, um, you know, with eating disorders like that, you just think of them as very frail. And I was just like lean, like, um, I think I, I, people thought I weighed less, um, is all I remember. So I, w- I was able to, unfortunately, I was able to use that for a long time as like, well, it's not that severe, right? I'm pretty close to 100 pounds, right? But it was like enough and it was prolonged, right? So a lot of people who get to a very severe weight, they're forced to gain it back quickly or they would, you know, not survive. I was um, kind of on the edge of that for like two years. So the fact that I maintained such a low weight for such a long time is actually um, more threatening to your health. Right. Because the longer, you know, the longer you leave your hormones imbalanced, the longer you leave, um, you know, you're not having any like bone growth, especially mm-hmm. during that like really vital p- period of time in like your teens and your mid early twenties, um, where like bone growth is really important, like as a female, um, all of that stuff. So what I think people don't realize too, is like, you can look at a really severe, um, case of someone with an eating disorder and say, Oh my God, they're so skinny. That's so dangerous. Right. But it's actually worse to be depriving yourself for a long period of time. So we have a, a large population of women and men, I guess, yeah. um, not eating enough, over-exercising to where their hormones aren't right, their bones are probably in danger. Um, but because they look healthy enough, we don't realize that it's actually more threatening to their health because of how prolonged they're doing that. Um, and that's really sad, right? Yeah. I think a lot of I think a lot of women think that being like bodybuilding stage lean is like what they're shooting for and they don't realize that like especially now that a lot of my friends are like professional bodybuilders they don't realize that like in their off seasons like they look like what you might call normal people like mm-hmm. they have normal levels of body fat like it's simply not something to strive for long term. You no, know. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And it's it's and you're right, dude. Like whenever people are on show, they're like, they're on stage. That's like, they are, they're deprived of so much like calorie restriction to the max water restriction mm. to the max. And they're trying to get as lean as they possibly can to, to depending on what category they're in to get as, you know, strided as, as they can, you know, to see the definition and, and, in right. depth. and people are amazed by that, you know, and, and, and they are, and it looks crazy. It looks crazy when you look at it, yeah. but that is it healthy? No. And, and, right. and the, the whole science based behind, you know, and you're absolutely right. A lot of us under eat and it's crazy because a lot of us don't know that we under eat. We just mm-hmm. under eat. And then you have people who purposely under eat and do an excessive amount of cardio, which just, ex- just kills you. And, and mm-hmm. then, and, but they're striving for that person that they see right. on the magazine or Instagram or whatever, you know? Well, and I think that's the interesting too, thing too about just like the rise, for example, in like social media over the last like 10 years. So like 10 years ago, Instagram didn't exist. I think mm-hmm. it, it probably, it came about around a little under 10 years ago, probably. I think so, yeah. Um, and like one thing that Instagram is super, super responsible for in my eyes is just the popularization of like the bodybuilding lifestyle. Like I was thinking a ton about this the other day, like women didn't go to like, they didn't go to the gym for like a glute workout like 10 years ago. Like that's pure like societal, just like not like crazy expectation. Like if you want to build glutes, sure. Like I love doing that. That's what I help people do. I just think it's interesting to look at where that's coming from. So you have a lot of like 
professional bodybuilding women that are serving as like inspirations for just average women out there. And the problem is they're looking at competitive, they're looking at like competition lean physiques as the photos that they're looking up to. And people don't realize, like I know because I've been through it, like I was what you might call competition lean for a long period of time. Mm. I was just, I didn't have the muscle mass. So my body was just physically really, really small too. Mm. Um, and that like has, that's caused like lasting damage that I've had to like negotiate, like, you know, as I've gotten older, like I've been very lucky, um, to actually now be very healthy, you know, but there was a time, there was a time when I didn't know, right. Like if Mm -hmm. there, I didn't know, like fertility is a thing. Like there was a time when like, I didn't know if I was going to have lasting bone damage. Like it was pretty terrifying. And I think there's a fine line between fitness as, you know, living your life in a healthier way and fitness as causing like real health problems. And that's like Mm -hmm. an interesting like duality that's going on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like a a lot of us really don't know like how beneficial muscle is, how beneficial progressive overload, weight training, how beneficial those things are. Because at the end of the day, it is health and fitness. So you should strive to be healthy. It's funny because you'll have someone who, okay, we'll talk, let's talk males first. You'll have someone Mm. who is like 18% body fat. You can't see his abs. You could see some, you know, you can see he lifts, you can see he's kind of bigger. And then you have someone else who's 5%, 6% body fat. They look amazing. And in your mind, you're going to think that person Mm. is healthier. When in reality, that other person who's 18% body fat, they can be a lot more healthier than that person that you can visually see amazing results with. Right. Well, and I think it's always, especially with women too, it's always this Mm -hmm. like healthy balance between like physical goals and like, like truth be told, most women, they can get to like a pretty lean physique where they're super happy and be really healthy. My job as a coach though, I believe is to do those at the same time. So like there's so many coaches out there and I've watched this happen because I have clients come to me and they're like, I used to work with this person and they did this. And I was like, Oh my God, like, do they have quality? Like, do they have qualifications at all? Or do they just not care? Because like there are certain coaches out there that like they do strive for client results um without taking into account with 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 higher priority than client health and like i think those things those things always need to go hand in hand because even if you get a great testimonial like it's not going to last if that person can't be healthy because Mm -hmm. they're going to have health problems the reason things don't last a lot of the reasons that you rebound is because your body wants to keep itself healthy and it wants to keep itself in equilibrium so what are you going to do if you're too lean to the point where your hormones are imbalanced and you're starving to death and all this you're gonna binge right because it's a natural physiological response to keep your body in a place that is healthy um not that binging is healthy but if you're going to overdo it it, the natural equilibrium is going to restore itself um so you always have to be proceeding forward and saying like I'm going to get someone to this goal. Yes, but I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm going to do it because you can have both, right? You just need to have a coach who's really knowledgeable. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't. That's the, that's the truth of the matter, right? Like qualifications for online coaching are astoundingly low. And I've seen some some horror stories. <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, I've never had a client ever. And I've had clients, you know, even my, my shortest client was probably 4'11". Never in my life. Have I had a client below 1600 calories and they're mm-hmm. all losing fat? Like mm-hmm. it's just, um, it's gotta be done right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's crazy because it's, 
people, people want results so fast. So because people want results so fast, they're, they're willing to go to the extreme, the extreme. And because regular people also under, or think that low calorie, a bunch of exercise, that's going to get me to where I want to be at. So right. someone can get results quick, very easy. I dare you to go on a thousand calorie diet and do a bunch of cardio. You'll lose a, a lot of weight and you'll, you'll extremely damage your metabolism and your body. But on the, on the healthier side, just like you mentioned, have people on a good base caloric intake for their specific right. body and, and their specific goals and, and watch them stay healthy and achieve progress in, in a better way. Right. Right. And I always like to say the lower you go, the faster you plateau, right? Mm -hmm. So this is something I talk about a lot and this is the minimal effective dose. So the minimal effective dose, um, basically like if you had a headache, right? Um, and the maximum dose of Advil within a certain hour range is six pills or whatever. You wouldn't just immediately take six pills because it was the maximum dose. You would be like, no, I'm going to take one, see how I feel. If I don't feel better, I'll take another one, but I'm going to take as, as little as possible. Right. Um, and that's the minimal effective dose with calorie restriction and with cardio as well. Right. So you always want to be doing as little cardio as possible to see the changes you want to see. You want to be eating as much as possible to see the changes you want to see because if you're arbitrarily cutting out a huge chunk at once, your body adapts much more quickly. So in the long run, you lose weight. Um, you lose more weight by being able to moderately lose weight for a longer period of time instead mm -hmm. of losing weight really quickly and then like completely plateauing, right? Yes, um, yes. So th the idea is to t there's a reason to take it slow and it's, it's not just um, – for lifestyle balance. It's like for your, for your body, you know, health and fitness, y'all health and fitness. But with everything that, that Meg said, she's, she does her stuff based off science and she's, she does her stuff based off what is good for the human body, like the anatomy and physiology, like how you, your body reacts, your metabolism, all that mm. stuff. That's, that's, yeah. And that's how it should be ran. That's how it should be ran. So what we're talking about today is what it takes to truly, okay. Keyword, truly achieve your dream body because to truly achieve your dream body you want to be as healthy as possible and look amazing and achieve your goals all at the same time okay so so let me ask you something real quick so whenever you get a new client right what's the first thing yeah. you begin doing with their nutrition like yeah you get a new one yeah. like what are your first couple steps yeah. Okay. So my first couple of steps, I think, um, a lot of people, right. They just take someone and they're like, okay, I'm going to give them this many calories because the, you know, multiply their body weight by this or whatever. And, or they, um, they figure out their height or they just know like, Oh, I'm going to give all women this much. But for me, it's not even just a matter of like, if I'm going to calculate their BMR based on their height, their weight, their age, their goals. Um, like it, it, it's also a matter of diet history, right? Cause when you're looking at BMR, like you could say this woman's five, six, she's 150 pounds. Like she is, you know, 27, her BMR might be like 1500 calories. The thing is like her BMR is 1500 calories under certain assumptions. Those mm -hmm. assumptions being that number one, her metabolism is functioning at an optimal level for like where she's at physically. Number two, there's only a certain level of muscle mass involved. So if she has higher than average muscle mass, her BMR is going to be higher than somebody else at that height and weight and age. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of the coin, if you've got someone who's been severely restricting themselves for the last couple of months, or that usually goes hand in hand with someone who's recently lost a large amount of weight, their BMR is going to be compromised. So your BMR is always going to be a reflection of your metabolic rate. Um, BMR is just how many calories that you burn throughout the day at rest. Um, so the lower your BMR is, lower your metabolism is, and vice versa. So 
for example, if I have someone come to me, her BMR should, you know, based on that mathematical equation, be 1500 calories. If she's been eating 1200 and she's not losing any weight, I know she can't for sure be at a BMR of 1500 because she would have been, you know, adding all of her expenditure during the day on top of that BMR and she should be in a huge deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I always take into account not only their body stats, but also their diet history, because that's super important. Um, and in the same breath, like if someone's only eating 1200 and that the goal is, look, you're not eating enough, you can't just say 2000 right away because their, their metabolism adapted to where it was. So you give a woman, you know, you add 800 calories all at once and she starts to panic because yes, she'll gain weight, but you have to, you have to make her understand that it's not that she's going to gain weight because she's going to gain it indefinitely. Um, if she raises her calories too quickly, she's going to gain weight because her metabolism has adjusted to that lower level. So the answer really is to increase slowly from there. Maybe I start her at 1300 to where we can adjust her metabolism, optimize it without actually seeing any fat gain, um, or very little fat gain, right? Um, and the key for me is to always give that client a roadmap. So if I say to her, Hey, you were at 1200, we're going to start you at 1300. She needs to know that the goal is to get to like a certain number. The Mm -hmm. goal is I'd like, I'd like to have you ideally at at least 1800 to be where you want to be and start reaching your goals. Or I'd like you to be maintaining at 2000 before we cut you back down. Right. Always giving them a roadmap because I need them to understand like that everything has a purpose. Um, so for me, it's it's a it's a combination that I take into consideration of diet history, um, you know, current diet, right? So if what they're doing is or isn't working um, as related to diet history, current body stats, and then their goals, so where they want to go. Um, and then when you have that discussion about goals that's when you have a really honest conversation about, okay, you're eating 1200 calories and you're not losing weight. There is no way in hell we're going to be able to cut body fat right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because that would require me to take you down to probably below a thousand calories, which isn't going to be, it's not going to help. So it sucks because, you know, you have some people that turn away. You have some people that say, oh, well, this coach said they could make me lose fat now. And I'm like, that coach doesn't have your best interests in mind that coach is going to make you lose fat now by having you do two hours of cardio and eating a thousand calories. And then you're going to come crawling back to me in six months because you're even more effed over than you were when you talked to me, you know, now. So the key is like reverse diet with balanced macros. I would say 99% of my clients, when they come to me, they're eating more food. Um, but a lot of systems when they're at that point, um, you can actually lose fat while you're increasing calories. And that's when you know you're doing it right. Some people yep. they maintain, some people they might, you know, gain a little bit of weight, but you have to tell them like, this is all for the cause. Like in six months, we're going to get you really lean, but we can't do it yet because it's impossible. I'd say most of my clients are recomp clients, which means that because we're optimizing their workouts on top of their macros, they actually lose fat while they're increasing calories. Yep. And honestly, that blows their minds, right? Like I've got a client who was probably eating no more than 1500 calories when she came to me like four months ago. And I just got a check in this morning and Um, she's on a full on building phase now. So we're not even looking to like lose weight. We just want to build muscle, but she, she lost weight in the last week and she's eating like 2,500 calories. And she's like, I'll be honest with you. I like, cannot believe I'm eating this much food and not gaining weight. And I'm like, it like really takes someone with the knowledge. It takes that gradual process. Like we wouldn't be here without that four months of work that we did together. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's killing it. It's just a matter of like, understanding the science, having someone by your side who understands the science and then someone who can like help you emotionally through that process with the logic of the science. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, the it, idea, 
with a reverse diet, ideally is to see as little change in the scale as possible while you're continuing to eat more. Right. Absolutely. So real quick, let me, first of all, that client of yours, you just said, if she, whenever, yeah. she listens, whenever she listens to this episode, good work to her. That's awesome. That's a lot of calories yeah. and she's, she's still getting a lot of uh, results, which is awesome. But Shout out to Tara. (laughs) uh, Whenever you get a client and you're explaining these things, right, and you're telling them that you need to eat this amount of calories, which is like probably 800 calories more than they are taking in right now, and and, and you get a response, right, that's kind of like, oh, my God, like that's too much, right? How, How do you deal with that? Well, um, I'm always giving them that scientific background. I think like most of the clients who come to me, um, they come with a relative understanding already because they've consumed some of the content that I post, which is always talking about this kind of thing. But for me, it's like, I do it so gradually. Right. So I try to make sense of it. Like, so for example, I've actually had clients who need or want to gain weight, even if it scares them. So the scariest thing is that we're out of control. That's literally what it is. So if we're feeling that we're gaining weight, it's just a feeling of being out of control. So if we start to gain weight, the fear is that we can't get it off or that it's going to continue indefinitely, right? Right, right. Um, so number one, if a client is probably not going to gain weight through this process, I'll just be like, look, you need to trust me. We're going to do this really gradually. Number two, even if they need to gain weight, um, I'll tell them it's all math, right? Like we can calculate this based on where you are now to make sure that you don't gain more than like three pounds in the next month. Can you handle that? And as long as they have a roadmap in front of them, a vision of where they're going, and I can guarantee that it's going to work that way, then they're comfortable, right? Um, So like I've had clients that have like history of eating disorder, um, obviously not running into any liability issues. So they're not like currently, you know, in a place where they aren't able to do this, but they just know for their health that they should gain some more weight, but it still scares them, right? So I had a client a couple months back, actually it's about a year ago now, And I guaranteed her, I was like, look, this is calculated to make sure that you do not gain any more than four pounds a month. That's one pound a week. And I said, can we agree on that? Like, can you handle that pace? Because the biggest fear for her was just like not knowing how fast or not knowing that she was in control Um, because everybody wants to do it on their own terms, right? As long as they're in control, they're fine. And she said, yes. And that's exactly what happened. She gained, you know, one, one pound every week. Um, And she was like, wow, like, I feel so in control. It's, it's the same as losing weight, right? It shouldn't be arbitrary. It shouldn't be out of control. It should be, I know how I'm doing this. Um, I think that's what people need for their peace of mind too. Right. Having a plan, right. A strategy, like, like this is why, like I I always put it against, um, you know, whenever you go somewhere, you know, your direction to get there. And yes, it's obviously travel. Okay. That's, Yes, you're traveling and you have, obviously you have to get in the car and you have to do, you have to go somewhere, you know, you have to go on certain roads, but it's the same thing with, with science and changing your body. It's, it's obvious. Like your body has to do things like it's, that's why we compare it to these things because you have to do these certain things in order for you to achieve what you want to achieve in a healthy manner. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, like I said, it's all about that irrational emotion, like for me, like weight gain has always just been a representation of feeling out of control. Right. But if, if you can cultivate the mindset that like you're doing it on purpose, um, because some people are looking to gain muscle or weight, like that's the truth of the matter. Like if you know that you're doing it on purpose, it's like that completely switches your perception of like what weight gain is into something positive. Right. Cause all mm-hmm. we want is to know that we're doing it on, on our own terms. Um, and that's really the same with weight loss, honestly. 
Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And it's crazy because whenever people go to a doctor, they, they okay, like, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Okay, you go home and you do it. But when it comes down to working with like a trainer or a coach, okay, this is what right. we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And then, you're, okay, you know what? I don't think I want to do it. You know, it's like we're, mm. you know, and, and, and that's, that, that's the crazy part to me. Well, I think that's where a level of trust and like we have this very individualistic culture, whereas like everybody wants to feel self-sufficient. Everybody wants to know how to do it on their own, right? And so I get people that ask me, how did you learn all this? Or how do you know all this? And like, wow, you're so smart. Like, I'm clueless. And I'm like, look, I studied this. Yep. Like, I studied this in school. I have several certifications. Like, I, I wasn't born with this knowledge. So people, like, feel this shame for, like, not knowing what to do. They're like, I feel ashamed because I go to the gym and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, would you feel ashamed if you, like, went to, you know, the office building of a completely different job and, like, didn't know how to do that job? Like, everything is learned. There are professionals who have been trained in this, but I think for some reason, because fitness is such a close part of our like personal lifestyles, we feel like we're supposed to know how to do it on our own. But right. like my example is always like, yo, you have tuberculosis. You're going to try to heal on your own or you're going to go to the doctor. Yeah. There's always somebody who has the answer. There's always somebody who knows more than you. And I think for some reason, I don't know why with fitness, we have this massive ego, right? And I had it too. For years, I struggled because yeah, I didn't accept help. Um, and it's, it's just like, there are professionals, like fitness isn't just something that everybody knows about. So it's funny. People ask me, they're like, how did you learn macros? Or can you teach me this? I'm like, look, like I can teach you macros, but like the truth is that it takes years of implementation to have a full understanding of it. Like you're not just going to get it on a YouTube video. Um, you'll get like in principle, like you'll get it, but it's just like anything else. Like you want to be doing it for a while. Um, so seek the guidance of somebody who has, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and you're absolutely right. Whenever it's, it, it takes a, 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 like a very defined way for someone to rebuild a meta uh, their metabolism, especially if it's been damaged for years, it takes mm. a, a specific amount of work and math and, technique and reps and sets in order for you to gain muscle like there's right. a specific amount of things that you need to do behind science just like same thing with a doctor or anyone they do a specific thing because over the years you know people have created an education on this and now they teach these professionals same thing with us fitness people you know same thing so we know how, how what it takes to to really truly achieve the dream body that you truly want mm, yeah Definitely. It's, it's, it's just, that's what it is. And, and just like you said, you have to, you know, obviously trust and it, you know, go, go to a coach, to a coach and, and see, you know, you can kind of get a feel of, of this and that, you know, to, cause whenever you are vulnerable with your body and you need help, you want help, you just don't know where to go. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but you have to get out of that comfort zone and get out and, and try to help yourself. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's, it's difficult because a lot of people, they, they know and they're ready to seek the help. But at the end of the day, it's like there's so many coaches out there and they don't know who to trust. Right. Um, and that, that, does, that does get difficult, right? But definitely, like, for example, like um, for the last six months, I've had a coach and he is like a national champion, champion and like he has a coach mm. and like his coach has a coach <laughs> and his coach has a coach. So like the best thing you could possibly do for yourself is hire a coach who's had or has a coach yeah. Um, because that, that means that they understand and they're learning from different perspectives and they're very well-rounded. And um, there's very few people, there's actually nobody 
who has gained their knowledge on their own, whether they want to admit it or not, whether they think it or not. Like for me, the most, you know, some people said to me, they're like, don't you, doesn't it worry you? Doesn't it make you think people will think you're less qualified if you have a coach? And I'm like, no, like, I think it makes me more qualified if I have a coach. I'm so right. invested in my clients that like I hired a coach because I needed a coach because I was so invested in my clients and like not in myself. Um, and like my coach has a coach and he's not good. You know, it's like, it's crazy. It's, it's like when you're in that industry, you just understand, but people don't get it. It's, it's, um, you know, I think one way to put it right is the most qualified athletes in the world, Olympic athletes, the most amazing examples of like human accomplishment, human physical accomplishment in the world. They are the first people who have coaches. Mm hmm Because so much is at stake because what they do is so important and they're so serious about it. Being serious about it is asking for help, not doing it on your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everything that we're talking about ties in to how you can truly achieve your dream body. And, and that's what we truly want you to, to understand today in, in this episode. So to, to kind of leave, uh, not completely leave, but to just jump out of nutrition and kind of jump yeah. into actually like body or not bodybuilding, but building muscle. Uh, what, what exactly does building muscle do to the metabolism and why should people strive to build muscle? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, so generally, generally speaking, right. Having more muscle on your frame will heighten your metabolism. Yes. Um, the more muscle you have on your body, the more calories you're, you're burning at rest. So, um, I, I saw on Facebook the other day, a woman who asked, like, she didn't understand. She's like, my Fitbit says I burned 500 calories and I didn't even go to the gym yet. Like, how did it, is it wrong? And I was like, no, like you do realize that even if you don't work out, you still eat food. Right. And people are like, yeah, I'm like, that's because you expend energy to live. Like, going to the gym is just extra, right? So your BMR is just like, if you were to just sit all day, how many yep. calories would your body burn? Most people, women have a BMR of at least 1500. So if you're eating fewer calories than that, you're already in a deficit without even working out. Mm -hmm. So like for me, muscle, what muscle does is it allows you to eat more because it takes more calories to maintain muscle than it does fat. Um, it just takes more calories to maintain muscle. It also takes a lot of calories to build muscle and repair muscle. So if you are weight training, um, you can think of it this way, right? It's not just about the calories you're burning in the gym. Um, the calories you're burning in the gym, when you're doing cardio, that's the only thing that matters. The reason that you continue, you continue with heightened calorie burn after you lift weights after your gym session is because it takes energy to build that muscle back up. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like to describe it as like a, almost like a, you know, people ask why they get so sore and like swollen. And I'm like, it's like a sprained ankle. Like you hurt yourself. You damaged the muscle. It is swelling itself up. You know, it's retaining water, whatever the case may be. Some people ask why they gain a little bit of weight when they start weight training. Um, it's because you're kind of swollen. You're kind of swollen, right? Swole. Mm -hmm. Hello. Um, <laughs> that's where they got it. So yeah. And then sore literally. So those muscles can recover, but like when you're recovering from an illness or you're recovering from an injury, like it takes extra energy for your body to do that. And that's all calories. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, like just takes more, more calories to maintain muscle than fat. So like if you have someone with the same height, weight, age, all that jazz, you could be at vastly different maintenance levels just based on your muscle mass which is why I always take exercise and diet history into account with clients as well. Cause I could easily put somebody on a meal plan just based on their height and their weight. But, um, if they're like super jacked, they're going to need more calories. Yes. Um, and it also builds what I like to call metabolic resiliency, right? So if you have less muscle on your body or you're working out in a way that doesn't encourage muscle growth, 
as soon as you stop and go on vacation for a week, you're like, I gained 10 pounds every time I stop completely and go on vacation because you're in a more metabolically delicate place. Um, you're depending on the calories that you burn during your workouts and that's it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're raising your metabolism every day of your life, whether you're in the gym or not, that builds more resiliency. So where like you treat yourself, you bounce back super quick. Um, so most of my clients who've like started lifting weights, they'll go on vacation, they'll come home and they'll say, wow, I'm at the same weight. I've never experienced this before. I didn't work out once. Um, and that's like, it just contributes to the functionality of your life in, in so many ways, not just in that way, but in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it is crazy whenever, and no question is ever a stupid question. Like, no, especially when it comes down to fitness, okay? I've had mm. people that didn't even know uh, how to do a movement or even know where their quad was on their body. So, like, no question is stupid. I, you should ask them. But for her to ask that question about how she, her, her calories and that she's burning calories and she hasn't even worked out yet, like, that just kind of shows, like, some people need some assistance just to have some guidance on on, you know, what a BMR is and, and right. how, how building muscle is going to improve your metabolism so you can enjoy more foods. You, you think like, you know, you see this, this bodybuilder, he's shredded, right? Lean as hell. And he's eating a bunch of in and out. Like, why can't he eat that? Because he right. is, he is burning so many calories, not only just alone by himself, his BMR, but on top of that, the crazy workouts that he's doing because he's pushing his muscle fibers to their limits. So he's mm-hmm. able to enjoy those foods. Right. And within reason. Right. But I think another thing that really like, you know, it's freaks my clients out a few times is like the concept of a refeed. Yeah. Um, so if you're in a deficit or something like that, you're depriving your muscles of a little bit of energy in order to mm-hmm. lose fat. Mm-hmm. Um, there comes to, there comes a certain point at which your metabolism starts to like readjust to where you're eating. And so every couple of weeks you can employ something called a refeed. Um, which yes. is basically just like extra carbs. That's why like, if you're in a deficit for a long period of time, you may have a cheat meal as you call it and then wake up leaner, wake up and people don't get that. I had a cheat meal and I lost weight. And I'm like, that means really needed it. Like people don't understand like it's it, food needs to be used to your advantage, not avoided. Right. So a refeed can give you like it can lean you out. Like before a competitor step on stage, they like, they'll eat like a Snickers bar. Like, Mm -hmm. um, not, not all, I mean, they all have their own tactics, but the idea is like when you replenish those glycogen stores and give your metabolism a breather that allows you to kind of continue to lose weight longer term. So, um, I think if you are in a high deficit, you should always be depending on where you are employing a refeed or like a diet break, um, during certain points along the way. So consistency is important, but, um, like arbitrary strictness is, is not always the answer, if that makes sense. Um, well, you know, refeeds should be planned, right? You don't want to just have a cheat meal like every three days. Um, but that's why you have a coach, right? To tell Mm -hmm. you, okay, things are slowing down with your fat loss. There's a reason you actually need more food tomorrow. I want you to eat 300 grams of carbs. Uh, and then from there you're back on track. So, yeah, heck yeah. So would you say that uh, building muscle would be like a really great for someone to do for their metabolism? 100%. There isn't anything better that you can do. Um, the only ways really to raise your metabolism, the best ways to raise your metabolism are simply to eat more and to build muscle. If you do both of those things at the same time, you'll get body recomposition, which will help you to lose fat while you're eating more. Um, only if it's done strategically, right? Like there's plenty of people all over social media that are like, I don't get it. I'm eating more. I'm lifting and I'm just getting fat. 
And I'm like, that's because you're probably eating more than how hard you're working in the gym. Like mm-hmm. these things are, it's all about alignment. Right. And that's what a coach does is they align things. Nothing can be arbitrary. The exercises you're doing, how you're doing them, nothing can be arbitrary. It needs to be, um, really stimulating the muscles. Your calories can't be arbitrary. It's not just about eating more. It's about eating the right numbers really. Um, but yeah, I think eating more building muscle are the two best ways to raise metabolism. They're best done though together. Yes, absolutely. Then that's why it's like a simple cycle, like build muscle. Okay. Weight lift, you know, apply stress and tension to the muscle, force them to grow, grow them, feed them. As they, as, as they rebuild, you're improving your metabolism. Boom. Fat loss. Yeah. But like I said, only if everything is, is in equilibrium. Cause if you're, exactly. if you're eating, if you're feeding the muscles, but you're, you're feeding them more than they need, like you will not lose fat. So that's kind of where it depends. And yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes no, exactly. we get lucky. Sometimes yeah. we get lucky and we think we're in control. But it just, it helps a lot to have a coach like calling the shots. Yeah, absolutely. Just have like some sort of guidance, you know, because because it, it is very simple once you get that guidance, just like how a heart surgeon, it's easy for them now to operate on someone's heart because they were taught and they've gone through practices and all this stuff, all this education, because now right. it's, it's simple for them. Just like just like a, a person, if you're to teach them how to do this, you know, you shouldn't have a trainer your whole life if you're trying to achieve you know, you're, you're an amazing body for whatever reason, right? If you're trying to sculpt your body a certain way, you don't need a trainer forever. You, you should be learning these things so, mm-hmm. you can, so you can use them. Well, I think that's the problem in the industry too, is that there isn't enough education going on. So the industry is, is implementation without knowledge, which doesn't give people power to do this on their own. So right. what you get is, is, is a dependency on the trainer, a dependency on the program, which is great for the market and bad for the people. And for me, it's, it's all about giving people that education. Cause at the end of the day, I love continuing to work with my clients. I love retaining them, but I'm much happier when they go off on their own and they're doing yes. it by themselves because there's plenty more people in the world that need my help. I don't need to retain all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that say they want to retain people because they want to teach them more and they love them to death and this and that. But like at the end of the day, like it's very money. Like my opinion is that retaining clients or withholding information from them about what they're needing just for the sake of retaining them. Um, it is a business tactic. And like when you're running a business, you have to be a business person. But I think there's a balance, right? Like I think if I'm going to preach that I want to help people, I want to give them as much as I possibly can um, during the time that we have together. Yeah. And that's, and that's beautiful. And you know, that's, that's what it's truly all about, you know? So we covered nutrition, right? We covered the importance of that. We covered how building muscle is great for the metabolism. So to kind of get to learn more about you and kind of like your eating, eating disorder that you had a long time ago. So going through what you've, you know, you've gone through with, with uh, your Mm. eating, your eating disorder, um, through your experiences, you know, how do you feel health wise, your mentality overall life wise now that you build muscle and you enjoy your food? I mean, it's completely different. I don't, it's almost hard for me to talk about, right? Like I I look back and I don't recognize, I remember, right. But I don't, I don't recognize the person I was, right. Like it's, um, it's just funny. There used to be so much negative association about food. And like, even, even if I, even if I like fall off track or break my meal plan, right. Even if it's like a negative thing, I don't ever have those guilt feelings anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no guilt feeling. There's no negativity about pizza or, you know, whatever, because it's just, when you understand food as 
food is just food. All food is just a, a combination of proteins, carbs, and fats. Now the micronutrients vary greatly. Um, yes. and some foods, some foods just benefit you more than others. And some foods just make you feel like shit. But at the end mm. of the day, it's not that they're bad. Like when it comes to physical goals, it, you could potentially fit pizza into your macros right now. It's, oh, I'm yeah. not, it's harder than like doing it, you know, with good food and it might make you feel like shit, but I'm, I'm to this point now where I choose to eat well when I have goals. Sure. But I, I choose to eat well more often because of how I feel and how it makes me feel and the taste of it than, than because I'm fearing it. Right. I mean, my relationship with my body is just completely, I've been to so many different sides of the spectrum, right? I've been at so many different body fat percentages. And it's funny because my biggest fear during the, the eating disorder was always change. And because my biggest fear was change, I'm one of the people I know who's experienced probably the most physical change over the last few years. Um, and I think now I'm like more settled, you know, I've been more settled for a while and like a, in a place that I'm really comfortable with. Um, it just, uh, it's vastly different, like to feel strong and to be strong and to realize that you can have curves and you can feel womanly and you can feel feminine in a way that doesn't feel um, negative. I don't know. If that makes sense. Like you can gain it weight does. in a way that doesn't feel negative. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that what they want is to be leaner, not smaller. Um, gaining weight could be the answer. So I just, um, it's very, different it's very different i mean it's i used to be known as the girl who's just like ridiculously skinny and now honestly like i'm like the girl with the abs like, yeah it's yeah like, it's like Dude, you put in hard work like you put in hard and i get what you're saying like gain muscle weighs more than fat so if you were to right. put on if you want to get tone right tone lean you're gonna have to put on some muscle you're gonna you're gonna shred that fat and you are gonna see an increase in the scale because you're putting on something that's heavier than fat right yeah. No, and it's just, it's honestly, it's, it's the physical shift has been very great, but the mental shift has been greater. Um, the entire way that I identify myself is, is just different. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Right. Cause I, I feel like I'm to this place now where like, I, I was even talking to my, my, my boyfriend about this the other day. I was like, look, like it's really great to be at this place where it's like, I could literally gain 10 pounds right now. And it, it would like suck. Cause I'm like kind of trying to stay on track but it wouldn't matter. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't change the way I view myself. Right. It would just be like, Oh, all right. Well, there's some, you know, there's this, there's that, like the ability to look at things that you're dissatisfied with and shrug them off because you have security in where you're going. That's what it is. Wow. Um, and security in where you're going comes from knowledge and education, right? Because I have the knowledge, the education to do whatever I want with my body, whenever I want to, I know I'm always in control. So if I gain 10 pounds, it wouldn't matter because I'm in control. Um, the only reason we fear these things or feel insecure in our bodies is because quite literally we are insecure or not positive in our ability to change things. Um, so I think it's interesting that you find contentment in the moment by knowing that you can change, right? It's like, it doesn't mean that you don't love yourself in the moment. It means that you do. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like the paradox that all, all of us are really just trying to understand. Yes, absolutely. And it, it, when they say education is power, it's true because, you know, you you learned how to walk. So now you're confident in getting up and going to the fridge. You're confident in, you know, walking <laughs> going out. Going to the fridge. <laughs> That's the only place I'll be walking to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, so like you, you are creating, you know, that confidence by learning something. So if you learn from an amazing coach, 
or you know someone yeah. to guide you like hey this is what what this is what it takes to achieve a better metabolism this is what it takes right. to achieve you know better legs or better glutes or better arms better shoulders then i'm going to learn it and then now i'm going to know how to do it yeah definitely for sure and that's awesome and it's dude. like and then you know it's like when you when you know how to do everything it's just a choice like you don't feel obligated to do anything you don't have to do anything you don't feel guilty if you don't go for your 10 mile run because you have the control and so you can choose whenever you want to go hard or not go hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, like yeah, no. exactly. Perfect. So if you want to like, so, and that's cool real quick. If you want to, yeah. you know, if you are looking at your body one day and you're like, Ugh, I don't like how my glutes look, they're a little small that you know what you're going to be able to do to get them bigger. Or if you look at yourself, you're like, you know what? Right. My core is not as, de- as defined as I want to. You're going to mm-hmm. know what to do that, that control. And, and that's right. what's incredible. And then it gives you so much freedom to go through different periods of life too. Like where like, maybe you're at this point where like, I used to be a dancer and I've been, I've been lifting heavy for a while. And I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, okay, I want to go back into some, you know, more functional training and like dancing. And like, there's only so much energy you have. So it gives you the opportunity to literally have no anxiety about like going through periods of time where you try new things. It's like, if I were to not lift as much right now and try new things, like would my glutes disappear? I don't know. But if they did and I found out, it wouldn't matter because I could literally just do, I could go right back to what I was doing. Like there's no fear. There's no fear of body change. Like everybody's so afraid to like gain the weight back or lose the muscle they gained or um, they're not seeing the results anyway. And the truth of the matter is like when you know what you're doing, it's just a constant ebb and flow. Like you can go on vacation for 10 days and, you know, gain a little pooch and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, So it, it's, it's, it's nice. It allows you to separate who you are from how you look. And exactly. that's really, that's really important, I think. And that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and that, that's such a great way to put it. It's such a great way to put it. So real quick, if you could, yeah. if you could describe in one word, how you <laughs> feel now compared to, Ooh. compared to the Megan, whenever you had your eating disorder in one word, how could you describe the way you feel? Resilient. Oh, dang. Okay, how? Resiliency has kind of been a theme for me, I think, since this all went down, just because I I did go through a period of time in my life where, like, I felt like my body was so broken. Like, I mm-hmm. thought that I had, like, permanently damaged it. I thought I wouldn't be able to have kids. I thought I, um, you know, I thought I was going to have permanent bone damage. And then I got back into working out, and it was, like, overuse injury after overuse injury. I'd be like limping and around. I spent like my entire fucking senior year or junior. What year was it? Sophomore. Wow. I can't remember. So my entire <laughs> sophomore in high school. year. Yeah. Sophomore. It was college. I spent my entire sophomore year of college. Oh yeah. College. Around, limping around campus. And then I, you know, it's like, it just felt broken for so long. Cause my body was just so, I was just like hammering it into the ground. And it's just, it's amazing to me that now all these years later I could go and squat more than most of the guys in the gym and feel super functional and feel super strong and go on a long hike and like do all this stuff with my body when once it felt so weak. Um, and that is just true resiliency, right? Like that's incredible what your body is able to do when you know how to treat it. Um, and, and mentally resilient though, as well, you know, I've just been, I've been through so many ups and downs and I think, um, resiliency is more of like a, um, it's something that you find in the trajectory. Like it's something that you find in the movement forward and the change, but I can feel resilient in this moment by like knowing that I have that prove I've proven to myself that I have that. So whatever happens now could never phase me because 
I can handle it, you know? Yeah. Cause you're in control. Yo, you're in control. Exactly. And exactly. that's awesome. That's so powerful. You know, that's so powerful. And, and kn- knowing who, you know, your story from before, like before to who you are now, that's, that's such an incredible journey. And a lot of people that, you know, might be listening are struggling with an, an eating disorder or just not understanding this and that. This yeah. and that. So like, you know, you're giving value, you're giving information, you're giving self-experience to all these right. listeners. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of women, like they need to be talking to somebody who's had that struggle, like whether they're diagnosed with an eating disorder or not, like I feel like 75% of the population just does, does not have a healthy, you know, vision of food, whether they know it or not. And you need to have somebody with that perspective, right? Like I have clients that, that, you know, I had a client today text me about like, she wanted to have like a cheat meal or she wanted to go out with her husband tonight. And she wanted to know if she should adjust her carbs during the day to like fit it in. And I was like, look, this is all about education. This is all about macros. And we're all, we're learning how to swap things in and out. But this is a scenario in which I don't want you to worry about it. Cause like you were so on track all week. It's not going to make a difference. And also like, this is where I draw the line between education and obsession. Right. Um, at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference in her physique because I know her, I have a very personal relationship. Like if, if this were another client who had trouble with consistency, I would give her tough love this particular client um, is so consistent, almost, almost to the point of, I need to be able to teach her leniency. Right. Um, And so that's really what it's all about too, is like having a personal relationship with people and being able to provide them with like the insight that you've learned yourself. So I think that's, it just helps them to, to know that I've been through like all of those stages as well. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's so awesome. So, so to, to end, to end this show or episode, where can like these amazing listeners, people who are struggling right now, where can they find you? Yeah. I mean, so I'm on Facebook as Megan Robitaille. That's M-E-G-A-N-R-O-B-I-T-A-I-L-L-E. <laughs> um, and on, I'm also on Instagram as Megan.Robitaille. Um, I love like messaging people. So if you, a lot of live videos where I talk about this stuff, content where I talk about this stuff, um, you know, long captions where I talk about the inner workings of your brain and how you can reprogram your brain. Cause it's been like a huge part of my mental resiliency is just understanding like that psychology. And, um, I just think whenever someone stumbles across my page and like makes a point of messaging me, like they've been truly impacted. Um, and that's really what I want, you know, whether they're a client or not. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it for now. I'm working on a website, but I, uh, you know, most of my businesses run, by building like really personal relationships with people either in person or on social media. Um, so I haven't quite um, developed the whole, like here are my services on a website yet. Um, just because I'm already having so many conversations with people that I've connected with um, that it seems, it seems more compelling and more valuable to do it that way. But I recognize the need to do both. So right. for now, just social media, you know, Nice. That's good. Yeah. If it, anyone who's listening right now, if you like you right now, you just got a piece, you got like almost an hour just of, of, of Megan. But if you want to learn more and more and more and more, her Facebook that she goes live on is a lot of people listen, a lot of people asking yeah. questions and, and you can be that person that, you know, can get a lot of knowledge from Megan. So go, you know, go, go there, you know, show her some love. You can maybe even ask a question on this episode Hell to yeah. her and, and, um, you know, just, 
stop feeling alone and stop just settling for what you know and expand that knowledge to, to, to finally achieve the true body that you truly want. And, um, and, and Megan's a great person to, to, to do it with, you know, um, she, she's, she's helped a lot of people and she can, she can truly help a lot of more people as well. But, um, if anyone has, you know, connected with this episode or right now you're, you know, you're liking everything that Megan said and, and you maybe are suffering right now, or you know someone that's suffering right now with like an eating disorder or just wants to get more knowledge on, on achieving a dream body, share it out to your Instagram story, your Facebook, Snapchat, any more people that we can get to listen to these episodes or you know watch this content or read this content, the, the more lives that we can all change together. Because that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to change one life at a time so we can impact this world to understand their body and finally achieve the body of their dreams. But everyone, you know how we do it, right? Coach Matt, your host, guest speaker, Megan. And as usual, get out there, train hard. Live strong. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.